From the Indiana Daily Student in Bloomington, this is Posted, a guide to the week's top stories. Today is November 1st. I'm Haley Klesmer. And I'm Joe Schroeder. Today we'll be talking about IU parking miscommunications, the upcoming IU bowl game, and IU gearing up for the reopening of the Eskenazi Museum of Art. First, we're discussing technological innovations at the School of Optometry. IU School of Optometry researchers recently used adapted telescope technology to capture the first clear images of the eye structure related to glaucoma, called the trabecular meshwork. Dr. Thomas Gast, a co-author of the study, and his team are the first to use this technology, called adaptive optics, to study trabecular meshwork, the part of the eye that drains fluid. The purpose of this research is to learn the causes and possible treatment for glaucoma. Adaptive optics arose out of a need for better instruments to see into the eye. This technology has been in development since the early 1990s, but this is the first time adaptive optics have been used to study a part of the eye other than the retina, said Dr. Donald Miller. Age is the number one thing that affects the trabecular meshwork, Gast said. As someone ages, the pathways inside the trabecular get blocked or close up. Pigment dispersion syndrome can also affect the meshwork because excess pigment cells can be shed, causing blockage and fluid buildup. Fluid buildup causes pressure to build in the eye, which can lead to glaucoma. Glaucoma currently affects more than 3 million people in the United States alone, according to the Glaucoma Research Foundation. A study done at the Singapore Eye Research Institute estimates that 111 million people will be affected by glaucoma worldwide by 2040. Okay. IU limited a section of C- uh, IU limited a section of CH6 parking area outside of Briscoe Quad on October 28th. Students with a CH6 parking pass were emailed about the change October 25th, three days before cars were forced to move. Students were given access to the parking at the corner of 13th Street and Fee Lane and designated areas near the stadium. Angered and unprepared for the change, students started a petition, freshman Kaylee Damari said. It was signed by over 380 people as of October 29th. Damari, who works late nights, said she uses the Guardian app, texts her friends at night, carries pepper spray, and stays near other people when she walks from her car to Briscoe. The Office of Parking Operations did not give students as much information as it should have about the parking change, Amanda Turnipseed, IU Director of Parking Operations, said. Turnipseed said, contrary to what students have heard by email, the lot is not closed, and said workers are planning to add a construction fence where some parking spots were located before. Turnipseed said there will be signs later this week to indicate where students can still park. Until signs are up, students with CH6 passes will not receive citations there. She said about 40 cars will fit in the lot. Construction on the parking lot will continue for 18 to 24 months, Turnipseed said. The CH6 lot behind Foster is now EMS parking only. IU head coach Tom Allen stood at the podium Saturday following the Hoosiers' 38-31 victory over Nebraska with tears in his eyes, and his voice cracked as he spoke to the media. The often stoic Allen was emotional while reflecting on his team's achievement. With its win over the Cornhuskers, the Hoosiers secured their first bowl game berth since Allen took over as head coach in 2017. IU will play the first November night game in Memorial Stadium's 59-year history on Saturday as the Hoosiers take on the last-place Northwestern Wildcats. Allen said he wants a huge crowd for the game. Since Saturday, or no, Saturday's game marked the first regular season game IU will play with six wins since 2007. Now that the Hoosiers have accomplished their baseline goal of winning six games, the focus for Allen and the team shifts back to weekly improvement. 
Last week, as the Hoosiers were hunting for their sixth win, junior quarterback Peyton Ramsey emphasized how the team wasn't worrying about becoming bowl eligible. Now that IU has its sixth win in hand, the same mentality remains. IU knows that every game from here gives them the opportunity to move up on the hierarchy of bowl games. To move up another rung on the ladder, the Hoosiers will have to go through Northwestern's 32nd ranked defense. Redshirt freshman quarterback Michael Penix Jr.'s availability is once again in question for IU, and the Hoosiers may need to lean on Ramsey once again. While Ramsey shined against Nebraska this past weekend, it may be a tall order to expect him to provide the same amount of production. The Wildcats have the 14th ranked pass defense that has only allowed 180 passing yards per game. Not only will the Eskenazi Museum of Art be reopening its doors after three years of renovations, not only will the Eskenazi Museum of Art be reopening its doors after three years of renovations, but it will also present a museum fest with various arts activities and performances. November 7th, reopening day, will feature activities from 4 to 8 p.m. Activities will include guided tours, pop-up talks of ancient art and impressionist paintings, and poetry on demand from Bloomington Writers Guild, where a poet will write a poem for attendees on the spot. The day will also feature a behind-the-scenes conservation experience that museum goers will reserve tickets for on the Eskenazi Museum of Art website. The following day, November 8th, will feature performances of Ascension, a dance choreographed by IU's Contemporary Dance Department Director, Elizabeth Shea. There will be multiple performances that last 20 to 30 minutes running from November 8th to November 12th. Festivities will continue into November 9th as an open art studio will present the What is Art Therapy? The last day of reopening festivities on November 10th will include a presentation on Rethinking the Modern Art Collection as well as a History of the Museum tour. That's it for us on today's episode of Posted. Follow us throughout the week at IDSnews.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IDSnews. This week's stories were reported by Kira Miller, Caleb Kaufman, Greer Ramsey-White, and Joy Burton. Our producer is Sam House. Our music is by Matthew Waterman. Matt Rasnick is our editor-in-chief. I'm Joe Schroeder. And I'm Haley Klesmer. Thanks for joining us.